0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned, at the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: First Corinthians chapter 12, If you've been with us so far, let me have your attention, if you will. If you've been with us so far, you know we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And we've talked about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the working of miracles, and prophecy. If you missed any of those teachings, stop by the bookstore and maybe pick up a copy if you like. Today, we come to some really thorny territory. Write that down. We come in some thorny territory. As we talk about the discerning of spirits, the gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Discerning of spirits, gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. I've titled this sermon, The Holy Spirit and the Gifts, Part 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we've got a lot, so let's get to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, saints, let's pick up in verse 4 again. If you're looking at verse 4, I need you to say amen. amen. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same, what, saints? And there are diversities of ministries, but the same. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, and to another prophecy we pick up to another, discerning of spirits, and to another, different kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Saints, stop right there. Let me have your attention. Can we agree, before we move forward in our study, can we agree, let's come to the Word of God with a clean slate, with a clean uh, heart, uh, nothing pre-written on our hearts, on our minds concerning what we know, what we believe we know, concerning uh, tongues, uh, the interpretation of tongues. I really want, and we're going to look at a lot of Scripture today, so I really need your attention, I want to let the Scriptures speak for themselves. And I want you to understand what the Bible says, not what your experience has been. Some of y'all didn't hear me. Not what your experience has been, what the Bible has to say about discerning of spirits, the gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. So we're going to let the word of God be the final authority. Somebody say amen. Put your Bible in your lap and clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? Let the word of God be the final authority. So this morning, we pick up with the discerning of spirits. Here's a definition for the discerning of spirits. The ability from God to discern between that which is inspired by the Holy Spirit and that which is inspired by the spirit of the enemy, the divine from the human and demonic. Also, to identify the true nature of a spirit, doctrine, or practice. Also, to distinguish truth from error, slight error, or extreme error. Let me read that again. The discern of spirits, here's a definition, the ability from God to discern between that which is inspired by the Holy Spirit and that which is inspired by the spirit of the enemy, the divine from the human and demonic, to identify the true nature of a spirit, doctrine, or practice, to distinguish truth from error, slight error, or extreme error, the discern of spirits is a supernatural gift, supernatural insight given to the Christian in the realm of spirits. I want to say that clearly. Into the realm of spirits. In other words, God gives discernment to know what is of God and what is of the devil, or what is holy or what is unholy. The word discern. Comes from two Greek words, you don't need to know the Greek words. Comes from two Greek words. It means to examine or to judge closely and also to separate or to investigate. To examine or judge closely or to separate or to investigate. I think of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12 through 14. Christians, listen, we need to learn to discern. Uh, write that down. Learn to discern. Is it me, or have you noticed, Christians are so spiritually gullible? Spiritually gullible. Christians need to learn to test every teaching. Do you understand just because a man stands in the pulpit and he has a preacher suit on and he preaches the word of God or he holds up the word of God or he shares some things of God— does not mean what he is saying is from God. Am I right about it? It doesn't mean, but you gotta test the spirit. You gotta learn to discern. Every teaching, every I always tell people, don't believe a word I tell you. Amen. Don't believe a word I tell you. Learn to discern. Every preaching, every teaching, every Facebook post, every blog you discern and you put it up against the standard of the word of God. You test things by the standard of the word of God, not your own standard. By the standard of the word. I think of 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 19 through 22. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecy. Test all things and hold fast to what is what, saints, good, and abstain from every form of evil. Acts seventeen eleven. these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness, and they did what, saints, searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. We need to search the scriptures and learn to discern. At the same time, we need to be careful not to confuse suspicion with discernment. Suspicion and discernment are different. Suspicion is from the mind. Discernment is from the spirit. We cannot be led by our suspicions. We must be led by the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice in your Bibles, I want you to go back to verse 10 in your Bibles. Notice in verse 10, it says, to another, discerning of spirits. Do you notice it doesn't say the gift of discernment? It says discerning of spirits. It doesn't say the gift of discernment. How many times have you heard people say, I have the gift of discernment? Have you ever heard anybody say that? Just raise your hand. Hear anybody say that? I have the gift of discernment. Listen, there is no such tell of the gift of discernment. You almost said, thank you, Jesus, and amen the same time. Amen. There's no such thing as the gift of discernment. Listen, the gift is discerning of spirits, not discerning of people. It's discerning of spirits, not other people's faults. John gives us a biblical example of discerning of spirits in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And it is sad, but true. Many Christians believe anything that somebody says that is spiritual, whether it's Oprah, Dr. Phil, uh, Newsweek, TBN, CBN. I, I will say it again. Many Christians believe anything that's spiritual, whether it's Oprah don't get me wrong, ain't got no problem with Oprah. Thank God for Oprah. Oprah need a tithe. Hallelujah. <laughs> God. 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 Whether it's Oprah, Dr. Phil, Newsweek, TBN, CBN, anything spiritual we believe in. If a person even references the Bible, we're hooked, they we believe they must be a Christian. I mean, they're referencing the Bible. John says, stop that. Test the spirit. John tells us exactly how we can know what spirit is coming forth. Simple. What are they saying about Jesus? First John chapter four, verse two and three. By this, you know, the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is in to flesh is of who saints? And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus. Are y'all with me? Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is what? Not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now already in the world. In other words, if a person or a spirit, if you will, confesses Jesus has come in the flesh, that person or spirit is from God. And if that spirit does not confess Jesus has come in the flesh, that spirit is not from God. So, how do we know what spirit is coming forth? What are they saying about Jesus? Simple as that. Do they acknowledge that Jesus has come in the flesh? Do they believe Jesus is 100% man, 100% God? Do they believe that Jesus came as the Messiah of the Old Testament? Do they believe that Jesus died and rose from the grave? Everything centers on what you believe about Jesus. Everything. The Prince of Preachers, C.A. Spurgeon, you know he's my favorite. He said Christ is the sum and the substance of theology. I like that. I think I'm going to tweet that. Christ is the sum and the substance of theology. Let's move on. The discern of spirits, we move on to the gift of tongues. Definition, the gift of tongues is the God-given ability to speak in different and varied languages. It's a supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit in languages never learned by the speaker, not understood by the mind of the speaker, nor necessarily always understood by the hearer. Tongues is a language that is used to praise God. We could say that the gift of tongues is a vocal miracle of God, a vocal miracle of God. And there are many people who don't believe that tongues is for the day. Maybe you're here this morning. Many people don't believe that tongues is uh, 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 a gift for the day, for the church today. And the reason they say that is because of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 If you just look there in 1 Corinthians 13, the very next chapter in verse uh, 8, tells us love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. So many people don't believe the gift of tongues is for today because of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it says tongues will cease. So we need to identify what is that which is perfect? Because 1 Corinthians 13 says, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. So let's identify what is that which is perfect. There's two major views as to what is that which is perfect. First view refers to the complete canon of scripture, that which is perfect, the complete canon of scripture. The word canon is just a big word which means the complete revelation of scripture. They say when the Bible was completed, it was perfect, and therefore tongues have ceased. Listen, that's bad theology, and that's bad Bible, because as you read on in 1 Corinthians 13, you see that which is perfect refers to the full knowledge of God as he now knows us. So the first view is when the canon of Scripture is complete, that which is perfect. The second view of that which is perfect refers to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Follow me. When we see Jesus, the second coming, we shall be known and we will know all things. Now follow the train of thought. To say the perfect is the completion of Scripture, you would have to say we know everything. And we know that's not true. We don't know everything, and we don't know everything until, we won't know everything until Jesus comes back. I believe when the perfect is come refers to the second coming of Jesus Christ. In other words, when the Lord comes back, we're going to see him face to face, and we'll know him completely just as he knows us completely. So the gift of tongues. We find, turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 right after the gospel of john acts chapter 2 first mention of tongues in acts chapter 2 you know the story just peruse with me it's the day of pentecost that fully come suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind you ever see the the the, the cartoons and they show uh, like they do the story of you know acts and this big wind blows through and everybody blows over and the kitchen table blows over the chairs blow over. Okay, it wasn't wind. It says the sound was as a rushing mighty wind. Okay? And it filled the whole house. And there appeared cloven tongues of fire or divided tongues as of fire that set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues. Just peruse with me in Acts chapter 2. They began to speak with other tongues. Glossielia. Is the Greek word as the Spirit gave them utterance? Parthians, Medes, look at verse 9. All these people gathered together. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phygeria, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs were all gathered together in Jerusalem. And notice they said, we hear them speaking in our own tongue the wonderful works of God. So people came from all over the known world. When they arrived, they heard people speaking in their dialectos, their dialectos. What were they saying? They were speaking the wonderful works of God. They were giving praise to God. Notice the tongue was not directed toward man. They were not giving a message. Like people speaking in tongues and then somebody stands up and says, thus says the Lord God Almighty, I'm going to bring judgment. That's not what they were doing. When they heard them speak in tongues, y'all follow me? When they heard them speak in tongues, they were giving praise to God. The message was not directed toward man. The message was directed toward God in the form of praise and worship. Let's look at another example of tongues in Acts chapter 10. Turn with me eight chapters to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 and look at verse, uh, right about verse, um, Acts 10, right about verse 40, 44. Yeah, look at Acts 10, 44. Peter went to the house of Cornelius. He was sharing the gospel with the Gentiles. Verse 44 through 46. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and the Gentiles who believed were astonished because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. Also, verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and do what, saints? Magnify God. So the gift of tongues is a gift given to the church to praise and lift up and magnify the name of Jesus, not to give a message to men. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. Go back there and look at chapter 14. Again, we're going to let the scriptures speak for themselves. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Y'all keeping up with me? 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. 1 Corinthians two. For he who speaks in a tongue... Does not speak to men, but to who saints, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies—remember, I told you the word prophecy means what? Just yell it out. Very good, fourth time. Very good, junior. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Daddy boy, I see you. You actually listen. When would you start doing that? Amen. <laughs> but he who prophesies or forthtelling the word of God speaks edification, verse three, exhortation and comfort. How many times have we heard somebody stand up and begin to speak in tongues? And this was my background, okay? And maybe some of yours. Somebody stands up, begins to speak in tongues, and then the pastor will shush the audience, right? Somebody gets up and they start speaking. They start speaking. I don't have to give tongues, so I just, you know, I, just make, I make it up. And then, so they start speaking in tongues. And then the pastor, shh, 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 everybody. And this person stands up to speak in tongues right in the middle of the pastor's message. So the pastor's preaching. And all of a sudden, an individual just stands up and speaks in tongues. Now, look, don't try this at home. Amen. If I'm preaching, you're not. <laughs> Amen. Can we get that on? can we get that under our belt? If I'm preaching, you're not. So, they get up in the middle of the message and pastor shh shh, because this person's me. And then after they speak in tongues, then you'd hear something like thus says the Lord, little children, thou art low life, repent. My judgment is nearer than you think. Listen, this isn't a true interpretation. The litmus test to tell if an utterance in tongues is truly from God, is the tongue directed toward God? Even if I'm trying to help you, listen. Even if the, I'm trying to help you, even if there's an interpretation of that tongue, someone stands and speaks in, the, in tongue, or maybe you're in a prayer circle and someone begins to speak in tongues. And the interpretation does not sound like something like glory to you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. We exalt you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Remember, they were glorifying and magnifying God. If the interpretation does not sound something like that, it doesn't have to be just that, but something which it is directed toward God. It is a message toward God, not a message toward you. God has given you his messages right here. This is the word of God. I'm glad 10 people agree with that. This is the word of God. God has given you his message. If that tongue comes out with the interpretation of a message toward you, that is not a proper interpretation. A tongue that is truly A proper interpretation of it would be exalting God, lifting up God, praising God. If you hear anything else, it's the flesh, and it should be disregarded. So question, what's the purpose of the gift of tongues? Well, listen, you got your pen? Keep up with me. I want you to take down three things I'm going to give you, and I'm sure there are more. You can find more, but I'm going to give you three of the purpose of the gift of tongues. Number one, and we won't have time to look at all the verses, so just write down the verses, okay? Number one, to assist the believer in prayer. Tongues can assist the believer in prayer. Write that down. Assist the believer in prayer. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps in, in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered or expressed. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15. So chapter 14, verse 14 and 15. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with understanding. There are many, many times that we don't know how to pray. Have you ever been in that situation? You don't really know how to pray. Somebody tells you that, you know, um, some loved one just got cancer or someone just passed away or some really devastating thing has happened. You don't know how to pray. You just don't. Um, The Bible says the Spirit of God will pray for you, will help you pray. And even... Romans tells us with groanings, now get this, this is spiritual stuff I'm trying to help y'all with. Don't ask me to explain it. I'm telling you what the Bible says. With groanings that cannot be uttered. In other words, you're praying. You don't know how to pray. You don't know the words to choose to pray. So you can just groan and God will take that groaning and interpret it into some language that God, the Holy Spirit takes the groaning, interprets that language in which God can understand, and God will hear the heart cry of your prayer. Even though you don't have the words, all you have to do is just groan. Isn't that awesome?
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina.